I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting us know. Billion dollar, billion dollar, billion dollar. Welcome back to the internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs investors and high achievers so that together we can learn from their mistakes be inspired by their victories and replicate their formulas for success i'm your host marlon johnson former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur and i'm on a mission to help 7.8 billion people improve their personal professional and financial lives by empowering their mindsets and connecting them to the right people today we have a guest who has an impressive resume He's the founder of the fastest growing real estate brokerage, EXP, which is, as of today has over a $1.8 billion market cap. And in just over a decade, they've grown their team to over 73,000 agents worldwide operating in 19 countries and have attracted some major players to their brokerage like the Cardones. Not only has our guest ushered in the future of realty by being a totally virtual brokerage. He's also acquired Success Magazine in December of 2020 and has formed a partnership with Viome, a company that's becoming a global leader in the longevity space by using AI-driven technology to restore balance to your microbiome health. Today, we're going to talk about his journey into real estate as a new agent, transformation from an agent to a CEO, his acquisition of Success Magazine, and his partnership with Viome. So help me in welcoming the man that has taken the real estate industry by storm, Glenn Sanford. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hey, Marlon. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I was uh, honored to have gotten to meet you at the Stages event out in Arizona, and you were just a very approachable guy. I actually had no clue who you were when I first met you. I just noticed that you happened to be wearing a whoop, and uh, that made me want to spark the conversation because I had just purchased mine and was uh, curious. So today we don't have a lot of time, but I want to jump into things, which, you know, I want to jump into how you entered into the real estate industry, because you had a pretty interesting, uh, you kind of wandered into the real estate space in your mid thirties and you weren't tech really looking to be uh, a real estate agent. So can you tell the audience how you got into real estate? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been in the business now, just over 20 years, I got licensed in April 2002, and uh, I'd come out of technology. I'd been I'd been in sales, and 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 internet marketing was a big part of my sort of background pre real estate. And uh, in 2002, I had a couple websites uh, that I was doing um, community based uh, portals for for the local community. So I was um, you know basically had uh, uh, directories of, of businesses and I would add banners sort of to, that people could sponsor to, to for business categories and events and, and activities and things. And uh, it was, I'd actually done it for the Chamber of Commerce. They had actually um, decided to go a different direction. So I ended up, it was my site that I had shared with the Chamber about four or five years prior. Uh, and uh, so I had a, a site with a lot of traffic, but not a not a major focus other than it was just had, had a bunch of traffic around community. So I just started to think about how can I maybe sell some ads to some, some other businesses, generate some income. And one of the people that I sold an ad to was a local realtor. He at the time didn't, um, uh, his email actually didn't work. He was 63. I was 35. I would, I sent him an e- another email maybe two or three weeks later, bounced again. I finally called him on the phone 
and uh, said, I'm trying to send you an email. Your email doesn't work. He told me that his email hadn't worked, which for me just was mind boggling that a real estate agent could could run a business and not have an email that worked. But um, but for whatever reason, his didn't. I, I said, well, let me fix it because I want to get to this email. I called a couple of people, figured out how to get his email fixed. And then he decided that he'd hire me. And then a couple, couple months later, he decided that he was tired of paying me $60 an hour to do website development work and I needed to get my real estate license. So um, he kind of decided, I say he decided, he said, Glenn, you need to get your real estate license. I said, I need a real estate license like I need a hole in the head. And he said, well, what's it going to take? And I said, well, I don't know, guarantee me three grand a month, expecting him not to, to turn me down. And he said, fine. And I was like, crap. And then he um, he literally said, and then I said, well, um, I'm, I'm not going to go wear my realtor pen at the grocery store. I'm not going to go talk to my friends and family. I'll build an online practice and, and work with clients that I meet online. And he said, fine, 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 fine. And, uh, and then, um, but probably a month later, he asked me why I didn't have my real estate license yet. And I told, said, Hugh, I get paid $60 an hour to do website development work. And uh, Hugh said, I'll pay you $60 an hour, go study for your darn license. And so he, he paid me, you know, $60 an hour got, uh, to, to study for my real estate license. And so that's how I got into real estate. And uh, I was really focused on uh, the internet because that was my, so I call them business constraint, but that was my big business constraint was to focus on online lead gen and then convert those leads to, to clients. And I was very successful. I ended up uh, rookie of the year, my first full year in the business, actually my that year through the end of the year. First full year, the 2003, I was the number three agent in the office, number one buyer's agent in the office. And 2004, moved to Keller Williams. And by 2006, my fourth full year in the business, I was in the top 50 nationally with Keller. So that was kind of my early days in the business, but it was really focused really around internet lead gen, converting those leads to closed transactions, using my internet marketing background combined with some, some business background and, and, and some sales background. And I was kind of a perfect place, per, um, uh, perfect time for for my skill set at the time. So that's how I got in, and it's been a bit of a rocket ride ever since. Yeah, you know, I, I'm always curious too because I, I listened to your story about how Hugh got you into real estate. I'm just curious, what was it that he saw in you? Why was he willing to pay you to go and get your license? Like, why was he so adamant about you actually joining on that team and becoming an agent? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd already developed uh, a um, fairly solid understanding of both who I was, where I was going, and and what sort of value I could bring to a relationship. So I was pretty, I mean, you call it confidence um, a, around that. And, and so I think he recognized that I was, I wasn't telling him or, or sharing him with ideas that didn't work. In fact, I, I worked for him for a couple of months. And so I started to, he started to generate leads on his website. And, and that really kind of predicated his need for somebody to work those leads because he, he liked to say he goes out where the houses and the people are. And, and so that was, you know, that was his thing. And so he had this suburban, he'd, he'd be, he'd be out all, all day, but he sold 93 properties by himself without an assistant a year. So that was, he was a high producing agent. And so the, you know, the internet leads just did in his mind uh, was a, was something he didn't understand and, and he probably wouldn't spend the time really processing them. So he, he was, he now recognized that he had a need. 
but he also was a mentor. He had mentored some agents before me. Um, after I came in, he continued to mentor uh, a number of agents. So he had a, a desire to give back um, and to help the next generation of agents. And, and so he, he saw, you know, uh, one, I was solving a need, two, I was hungry, um, and, and, and three, he, he wanted to be a mentor anyway. Wow, you know, that, that's powerful. And, you know, that's something that you carried with you into EXP. So before we get into that, something else, you, you stated that, you know, back in the 2005, 2006, in Keller Williams, you were among their top 50. You and your team did, I believe, somewhere in excess of $70 million in production. And at that point, you know, that's what most people would consider being a top producer, right? I, I guess, like, my question is that being at that stage as a producer, what caused you to want to go and build EXP? What caused you to want to go out and, you know, most people would be comfortable there? Yeah. Um, well, what I kept on asking myself uh, some, some, some basic questions, which was, uh, you know, it, you know, for those who are in real estate or have thought about their real estate business or, you know, and currently we're going through a bit of a, of a challenging time um, in the housing industry, especially. Um, I, I recognize that there's a difference between actually owning a business and a business owning you. And so as a real estate agent, you're sort of sold by the sales manager, the broker owner, uh, the team leader that you're you're going to you're going to own a business back one company says you know business is worth owning that's part of their sort of tag, one of their taglines like have business is worth owning but it's kind of a misconception because it's really smoke and mirrors because you do not have a business you own because the minute you st stop stop picking up the phone and prospecting and putting clients in your car or driving over and taking a listing you're out of business and so that's not really a business that you own that's a business that owns you and I recognized very early on that that even when I was at that level of production, uh, Keller, I think I did 60 million in 2006 in production, 73 in 2007, and we were on track to do about 100 million in 2008. And I was running an independent brokerage even at that point in time. But I, I recognized that without me even running a team or even the team-based brokers that I had, that it was still heavily dependent on my ability to motivate and train and support and keep people sort of on the right seat on the bus and, and, and all of that. There's, there's not as much margin in real estate as one would expect, especially as you start to scale. And for me, I wanted to get to a place where I actually owned a business. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, I was having good months, like 2007, um, I think I was making, you know, 50, 60,000 a month sort of on a net basis, which is, you know, 2007, that's, that was a lot of money then. I mean, that's probably something akin to, you know, a hundred plus thousand a month to, today. So it'd be kind of equivalent to a, you know, a low seven figure uh, net income. Um, and, and, and that sounds like a lot um, until you actually start to realize that it's still a hundred percent dependent on your ability to stay engaged. So unless you're putting money away into, you know, other other investments or starting other businesses or what have you, you still don't quite have a, have a business. So for me, I, I kept on thinking, how do I create something that's sustainable, something that eventually somebody would be willing to run on my behalf and my income wouldn't go down, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what business ownership, in my opinion, looks like. And, and if it's set up right, then a business will actually grow even when you're no longer 
the face or the driver of that business. So that's where I wanted to get to because that, in my mind, represented true financial freedom. Financial freedom doesn't exist um, until you your passive income is higher than your uh, than your than your than your expenses to live, and that's where where when your passive income and business ownership is a way to passive income over time once you can get all the all the pieces in place. Right. And, you know, so essentially that's moving from the operator standpoint to the to the owner standpoint. You started to envision a business that ultimately allowed you to get your time back. And like you said, it would continue to grow without you. And, you know, I listened to an interview somewhere where you said as you were beginning to conjure up EXP in your mind, you you did something that I found to be pretty intelligent. You would actually start to ask other individuals in your industry what they saw as the future for your industry. So you would start to source ideas from these other agents and you you landed on this profit share model, a true profit share model, right? So how did you really figure to, to make that work? Because I think companies have tried that and it hasn't quite worked out as well as it's working right now with EXP. Yeah, so um, you know, we, we built a revenue share model. So I would say that I was probably the one being asked about the future of real estate rather than the other way around. Um, because I was a technology guy, and I kind of sort of sort of sucked in a lot of a lot of stuff. So I studied a lot. But um, in my mind, and I don't want to over, I'm I don't I'm not being critical of real estate agents in general, um, but I don't I don't think most real estate agents are business people. Um, uh, you know they you know there's some things that they 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 wanted, and some ob- objections that I would continue to hear over and over about the various types of models that existed, whether it was at Keller or my real estate team or my real estate brokerage that I had prior to eXp. And then I also recognized uh, more importantly was what needs weren't being solved for me uh, in the current structure. And the reason why I, so I refer to myself as a focus group of one, um, meaning that I'm always looking for what is it that that currently uh, isn't being solved for me, and there isn't a really, um, there isn't a solution that's obvious in in the marketplace. Believing that there's a whole bunch of me's out there that are having the same issue, and and so when I uh, I think about a business of any business, um, you know, if if I can identify a challenge that that is like, um, I wish there was, and then identify that thing that that. You wish there was a solution. Obviously, you go, I wish there was. And you go, wow, I really do wish that that I had that thing, whatever that is. First thing you do is you go to Google and you go, does it exist? You know, where do I get X, Y, and Z? And if it doesn't exist, then then you start to go, okay, well, then you have to question the question is, why doesn't it exist? And, and, or why doesn't it exist in a way that actually works for me? And then you have to then ask, is there a big enough market for whatever that thing is? And so uh, for me, the, the big thing was, um, I was at Keller Williams. They had a profit share program that they had that got me attracted to them. That's why I was there from 2004 to 2007. Um, but the the challenge with their model and I, I now I know you're in real estate in some capacity, but have you been an agent at all, Marlon? No, no, I've been, purely been an investor doing uh, renovations, buy and holds, things of that nature. Okay, so uh, and the reason so I wanted to kind of. From that perspective, you know the um, so as a real estate agent, you quickly realize 
early in your career that if you're not selling, you're, you're not making money and there's no retirement plan in real estate. And so Keller introduced a concept called the profit share program. And basically they take a percentage of the, the, the profit at a local office level and then they take up to half of that and then they just share it, that, that profit through a seven level rev share or profit share program. So it's akin to network marketing. So we basically took their same seven levels and said, hey, what if we get rid of that single biggest cost in running a real estate brokerage called a physical office? And what if we share that and share it off of revenue? So we share half of our dollars, gross dollars, back with our agents and brokers through our revenue share program. And and that was for, for a couple of reasons. One, 2009, we started eXp Realty, so didn't really kind of share the history. But uh, you know, 2007, I started a company called Buyer Tours Realty. That's my in, that was my independent team-based brokerage. We had a great 2007. Um, we did about 73 million production on track to do 100 million in 2008, and then the downturn took place. And I had four offices at the time, and we had to quickly close three offices down. Fortunately, we could, and then we went to a skeleton crew on the fourth, and then in two, early 2009, we started to come together and say, okay, how do, what do we do now? Like the, the, so the, basically the market had fallen off a cliff in September of 2008. So uh, September, October, November, December, January, February. So six months later, we all got together and we, we said, how do we, you know, what do we do now? How do we build, how do we continue to do stuff? And, um, and that was where I'd actually mentioned to one of our agents, because she was asking when we get our offices back. And I said, we're not getting our offices back. We need to build a defensible business model that's not dependent on bricks and mortar another business constraint that i put in place um and uh, and then i i was thinking well that's that one it's a great idea that's the future of real estate and you know today uh 13 years later uh i think the writing's on the wall for all kinds of businesses that they're going to be fully remote managed businesses um even if there is work being done in real life uh, you know, the, the reality is, is that we're becoming more and more remote in pretty much every every business that exists. And um, and so we said, that's that's the future. And and if that's the future and bricks and mortars cost a lot, a lot of money, then why don't we figure out a way to build a business that's not dependent on it? And and so that then then we said, OK, if we don't have offices and real estate agents are, you know, they're creatures of habit. And if they're used to going to an office, then we have to figure out a way to get them off center to get them to actually be willing to go to to using a cloud-based or or virtual brokerage. And so we said, hey, the, the, if we turn profit share into revenue share, that would be a big reason why I would go there. And so that became kind of the, the initial virtuous flywheel that, that, that got us going. We started 25 agents. We're, the way we're 86,000 plus agents now in 22 countries, we're fast growing real estate brokerage in the history of real estate. And uh, and so it's been it's been it's been a rocket ride. Wow, you guys have grown extremely quickly, and you're still growing. So let me ask this, right? Because you do look at things from a business standpoint, and as a business, you're typically looking in longer time horizons. You recently acquired Success Magazine. What was the thought process behind acquiring Success, and what you're doing with EXP? Is there a coupling of the two, or are these two totally independent ventures? Yeah, so um, you know, Success Magazine is really—it's a really neat publication. It's been around for over 125 years now. Um, it was, uh, uh, and and 
it's had every single personal development leader in the history of personal development pretty much been involved with it. Napoleon Hill, Ogmandino, um, you know, Tony Robbins has been on the cover a bunch of times. Grant Cardone has been on the cover. I mean, uh, it's like, it's got, it's got this huge list of, of people that have been associated with the brand over, over all of those years. It's, you know, if you were, if you learn sales in the eighties and nineties, you were, and you were either getting cassette tapes from success magazine or CDs and you're putting it in your car and you're driving around with the car in the car. So it was very formative for anybody in sales and, and marketing and people that were um, personal development geeks or nerds. And, and I sort of put myself in that category. I've always been a bit of a, of a geek of trying to, to, to tweak and understand and figure out how to be more successful by you know, how you think, what you believe, uh, and then how do you then put all that stuff into practice? And then there's the skills-based aspect of it as well. And so Success Magazine has been super formative there. Uh, so a number of years ago, we um, uh, one, they wrote up EXP as an up-and-coming real estate brokerage, which was really cool because I thought Success Magazine is writing, writing us up. And then I got to know the owner, and then he um, uh, we then he uh, suggested that maybe we mail the magazine to all of our agency. He gave me a price that was super inexpensive i thought it, there's no way you can actually do that but turns out we could get you know magazines fully printed complete with a wrap and other things to our agents for like three bucks per issue per per you know per agent so it was pretty inexpensive and so we started to mail it out we became the largest single customer of success magazine and then um two two years ago i think it was um uh, we were uh, approached by um, by the well. I was approached by the owner a little over two years ago with the idea that uh, um, that he would like to sell the magazine. He thought that I would make a great owner, and uh, and I said, man, well, I never even thought of that. Um, one, first, I'm honored, and then two, it's like, yeah, let's see how we can put this together uh, because it's one of those you know formative publications for for anybody who's wanting to level up in, in areas of their life. So, so for me, that became kind of the, the, the stepping stone, but been almost exactly two years to the day that we've owned the magazine. And we've now added a whole bunch of other components to it. That's really made it a, a neat ecosystem. We're building out a community. We got all kinds of cool stuff and I'm actually working. I've been working full time on the success side, or at least 80% of my time, 75, 80% of my time on success starting about five, six weeks ago. So we've been really starting to spin up a lot of really interesting future innovations for 2023. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing. That has to be a dream come true, you know, being someone that's constantly working on personal development. I mean, when I saw you in the, the stages room, I, I looked over and you constantly were in your notebook. Uh, I think you had like an electric iPad and you were just taking notes like nobody's business. You know, so it shows that you're still a learner. And with success, you're you're introducing something called Success Health, right? And you all are partnering with Viome. And we we're talking briefly about this, um, about what Viome's doing and what you've seen it do for yourself, you know, as an athlete, as a yeah. running body. Yeah, so um, one, I'm a, um, I'm a bit of a, you know, I mentioned a personal development geek. I'm also... Uh, a bit of a biohacker. I went and done you know tons of work. I went to Peter Diamandis' Platinum Longevity Retreat two years in a row, which is you know 
still can't believe what what how much those those retreats are but they're not <laughs> cheap um but they're uh but they put us in the room with literally the best of the best of 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 health and longevity that you know that the, the doctors are off the chain the, the the you know they're 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 figuring out in the next next 20 years um we're going to be able to um effectively um the belief is that we'll be effectively able to stop aging as we know it um and and so i got really excited about a number of things i saw last year uh, at his retreat in in september and so one of them was viome and um and so i did the viome test i did the, the the blood and and uh i think it was blood and stool sample last year and um uh, and it got my my information. It actually told me what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat, and gave me some supplements back. That I've got it's just over here, sitting in a box. I've got kind of my my little. This is you, you might even see. Oops, you can't because it's the. My oh, there we screen, go. Yep. But, but it's got my name right on it. So so it, it's um uh, it these are supplements. They're actually designed specifically for my, my microbiome. But in November, I got my results back from my test last year. And my biological age was 54. At the time, I was 55, and so I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little younger than than my my biological age. And and I went on a, a regimen from November last year till late September when I did this test again. Um, but I went on a regimen of of biome, intermittent fasting, um, uh, fast mimicking diet, uh, you know, watching my sleep, doing a a number of things. And then went back and did the test this year, and my biological age. So this is how my bi- microbiome showing up compared to other people of similar ages. But my microbiome came back at 48 years old. So I I reversed my age by six years um, uh, biologically uh, ba- based on the the data that that biome was able to collect. So part of it was just you know is gamifying one's health and being able to sort of see what's working, what's not working. What should I eat? What should I shouldn't I eat? And we even formed a uh, an affiliate relationship just recently with them. So you can even go to successhealth.com just as a domain name, and you can go and and click in there. We've got kind of the best deal there is on on Biome that exists right now in the marketplace, and uh, and you can actually get your full body intelligence and start to do the the supplements and all that. And and then we're actually building that out. We're I think we just uh, so I, we've just got a deal now with the the aura ring we're about to roll out so we just formed a, a relationship with them we already do have a, a, a relationship with whoop that's not on the website um and then we've got another company i'm, uh, I'm hoping to put a relationship together with uh which is prolon um fast mimicking diet so i think between them all wearables uh internal metrics and then some tools for rapid improvement of health uh for me, that plus you know putting together some sort of exercise regimen, um, it's a, it's a pretty pretty comprehensive uh, ability to start to manage um, your your how fast you age. So that that's kind of what I get really excited about is how can we kind of manage that as best we can. Um, there's a lot of science that now suggests that instead of treating age as inve- inevitable. We're, we're starting to actually, they're actually starting to think about treating age as a disease. And if age is a disease, then that means that aging is curable. And so that's kind of a, a cool way to, to look at things. So I'm, I'm like going, let's cure it. I, I don't <laughs> mind being here for another hundred years. 
So, I mean, I, I love that because I'm currently reading through uh, Tony Robbins' latest book, Life Force. And, you know, like it really you start to see the science that's coming out and it's just it's amazing. And, you know, it's kind of funny. You just answered the question of, you know, what does one do with their time after essentially you've taken care of the finances, your business is effectively being able to run itself. It's gotten to that point of EXP being able to run itself. So it's cool to hear that you're essentially pursuing now more of a passion project. Um, so what I'm curious to know is as you've gone through these different developments through your own growth and you've gotten to a newer place, are you finding that there are habits that you incorporate now in your life and at this level that you could have incorporated earlier on? Or do you feel like it's important to go through every step and really adopt what you're supposed to adopt at those levels? In other words, if you could sit with yourself on a park bench 30 years ago, would you have given yourself any shortcuts or do you feel you needed to go through everything? Yeah. Uh, well, one, I love uh, the one of Einstein's quote is it quotes is that, uh, um, you know, it, the reason why time exists is because everything can happen at once. Um, so, you know, you think about the fact that there's, you know, there, there but, but I was always very uh, I've always been intentional, even from a very young age. So recognize. So here, here's the thing I had that really was going for me, even from a very young age. I knew that it was possible to be, to, to do well, to be successful. I, I knew it was, I, 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 one, I knew it was possible and I decided from a very young age that I would be successful. And I, I mentioned that because I think there's a lot of people who don't believe they, they can be successful. And, and, and then even though they believe or they, they articulate the words, I, I can be successful, they don't, they don't believe it so fundamentally that they actually choose to be successful. And, 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 and these, you know, and, and so I was able to, at an early age, recognize that. So that kind of created the, my long-term intentionality around where I was going. So even when I was, I, I started my first software company when I was 15 years old. So just to kind of give you a sense, like I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur for me. Um, success was building a business that would ultimately take care of, of, of me and, and, and my family and those that I cared about. And, and so that became my first definition of success. And, um, um, and so I was able to, to, to do that. And that became, you know, that became sort of my long-term habit. That's why that's now what I'm good at. I'm, I'm, I'm good at, at building businesses. I'm good at doing this. In fact, it's went from being work to being, something that I enjoy. It's now become almost my, um, uh, you know, my, my hobby is my work. Whereas for, for a number of years, uh, even for me, um, work was work. Like it was not easy, you know, getting through the other side because I'd never been there. I'd not got to the other side. I'd not, I, I, I knew that I believed the potential of the work I was doing, but I hadn't achieved it. So, you know, when you haven't quite achieved it, I mean, you're, you're in there, putting in the hours, not knowing if the payoff is going to be the payoff. And, and, uh, but then, but, but I was willing to do whatever it took in order to get to where I was going and to get whatever result life gave me as a result of pursuing it. So I had that kind of intentionality. So that got me to obviously something that eventually became work. And, and in terms of, you know, what have I done it differently? I don't, I don't think so. I think the, 
the moment you decide that you're going to be successful and that you're going to do the work necessary to be successful, then the, the things that you're going to do going forward become much more obvious um, than, than if you sort of just, it's sort of like the difference between saying, I'm going to lose weight and losing weight. It's, it's a, they're two different things. Losing weight is an action that you do and you, and you, and you make a sort of a primary, a primal determination around that wanting to lose weight, or I need to lose weight, or I'm thinking about losing weight, or I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to lose weight is like, is a loser's phrase. Like you either lose weight or don't lose weight. Now, I know it's, I'm using something that's probably a little bit personal to some people um, because it's it. But I've, I went through the same thing. 2019, I'll give you that that example. I'm, so I'll talk about weight specifically. I was 225 pounds. I was having some heart issues. I was I was I, I, I things were going going off the rails, but I my I let my 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 health sort of go downhill. And I was I was trying to do the right things. Um but my weight kept on going up and I still wasn't able to get the results I was looking for. And then when my heart thing went and, and I started, I had to go check in the hospital a couple of times and do the, get the EKG and, and then, and then go in for, for, for different stuff. I decided I was going to lose, lose weight and I was going to get healthy. And, and, and that led me eventually a year or so later, 2000, 21 to go to Peter's longevity retreat and, and and this last year the same thing I decided to do the things that I had been putting off that were difficult like things like cutting out red meat and dairy like if you if you like steaks and you like your cheese and you like your milk and you like your this and you like your that and and uh, um, you know how many times do we sort of play the games I'm just talking about myself really is how many times do we play the game of well I don't really need to put it off. I can do that tomorrow. I can do that. I can cut it out tomorrow. I can cut it out, cut it out next week or hitting the gym or whatever. Like so many times we make um, excuses for not, or, or just, we don't do it. But if something critical happens, you can make the choice. So I made the choice on health. I made the choice on success. Uh, and, and so I recognize that, you know, there's a choice that was made. And then once that choice is made and you're determined to see that choice all the way through, no matter the outcome, then all of a sudden the universe starts to line up on that choice to actually create the new reality that you're 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 becoming, um, uh, and and then and then you just continue down that path. That's that's extremely powerful. Um, you know, once you set up your mind, that's it. So, Glenn, I want to be very respectful of your time. You know, I know you have to to get running here. So, I have two final questions to take about two minutes here um, because I do appreciate you being here right now. And this is my first question. This is selfishly how I build out my reading list. Um, I'm a big reader. I love reading books on personal development as well. Are there no more than two books? So one to two books, but you can't name more than two books that were total paradigm shifts for you. That after you read these books, your mind never quite went back to being the same. Um, yeah, well, one of them um, was the uh, psychology, the... the um, or influenced the psychology of persuasion by Dr. Um, Robert Cialdini. I think that's, that's his name. So that was, that was a huge paradigm shifting book. You wouldn't normally think about it as a personal development book. So if you haven't read it, 
but uh, the piece in that book was, um, and, and the, the concept is, how do you create your own social proof? Uh, and even though he doesn't state that as the outcome, you recognize very quickly how you're being influenced without your permission and without your consent by all kinds of stuff around you. And, and so once you understand that, that was a huge paradigm shift for me. Um, what would be another one that totally changed the game? Uh, there's been, there, there have been many books over the years. I would say the other book that was super formative for me um, was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Uh, you know, the, um, you know, you know, I talked about intention, like the, like what you, know, you have to have a bias for action. It's kind of the first, first, the first part of that. And then, and then begin with the end in mind, where are you going? What is it that you're determined to do? Um, and then, and then how do you, how do you then get there and how do you, you know, even how do you organize your, your thoughts and how do you, how do you basically create a, a, a roadmap for, for getting there? So I think those, those would be two really, um, great books if you haven't read them to, to add to your list. I love that. So the influence of psychology and the seven habits of highly successful people. So, so yeah, so the, um, uh, yeah, the first one influence the psychology of persuasion. So that's psychology the... of persuasion. Okay. I love it. And then this final question I have for you, this one's my favorite question. And I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning, Glenn, you wake up and you are a blank slate. You don't remember the last two decades. You don't remember the business acumen, the relationships you've built, the transformation of growing a company to being in 13 different countries. And it's just, it's all gone, right? And as you're coming to consciousness, as you're waking up, you start to have a thought. And this thought that comes to you, you accept it. There is no resistance. You believe it with full faith. And this first thought begins the everything else to come in. Everything else is built on this first thought. What would you prefer for this thought to be? Um, well, I think all great thoughts, all, all great driver thoughts start with the words, the, with the words I am, you know, so, um, you know, so the, you know, and I hope that I say I am, I'm awake. I'm alive, alert, and enthusiastic. That'd be a Dell Carnegie phrase. But, uh, um, you know, that would be um, that, that would be the first thing. And and then, uh, um, you know, and then maybe let's go. You know, that, that, so if I'm just coming to it's like I'm alive, alert, enthusiastic and let's go. That's powerful. And I, I agree with you. Every morning I start my day off with my affirmations and it's powerful. Some of the the most powerful people I've met. Uh, the most influential people I've met have told me that they have not abandoned their morning affirmations and they've been doing them for decades now. So it's really cool to hear that your first thoughts would be, I am fill in the blank. So Glenn, I have to say thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates it as well. For the people that are wanting to figure out how to get in contact with you, maybe listen to more of your content, where's the best place that I should send them to? Like, what's the best way for you to have people engage? Yeah, really, really easy. Um, so this one, uh, we're really excited about this, by the way. Um, so definitely every one of you that are on here, you know, right after this, uh, or as you're listening to it, type this into the URL bar on your on your browser. But we've just recently launched a 
Success Magazine Discord server. So we've got myself in there. We've got Jarek Robbins, Tony Robbins' son. We've got a ton of coaches, trainers, and all kinds of people that are connected to the personal development space. Aaron King, one of our podcasters, Tristan Almuda, all those folks. There's just a ton of resources, content, and conversations going on right now about being more successful. And our Discord server is is located at Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D dot G-G slash success. So Discord dot G-G slash success. And uh, if you if for those of you who are live, um, you know, jump in there. I'll say hi to you real quick. And obviously, if you're watching this out afterwards, um, you know, just uh, tag me somewhere on Discord and, and just let me know that you you uh, saw it here so I can uh, say hi to you as well. So we've got uh, communities growing fast. And so thanks for uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. So you all see that right there should be up on your screen. Go and check that discord out. I'm actually excited to, to hear about that. I didn't know that was a thing. So I'm going to be jumping in, checking that out right after we get off this call here. And Glenn, again, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I look forward to seeing you again in another room. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Marlon. Appreciate it. Chat soon. Right. Take care. Okay. Thanks.